It looks like we're getting one step closer to the Jetsons. And free tacos for everybody. We'll tell you how coming up on today's show, and we'll also continue our trip through the Book of Romans. This is Real Faith for Real Life. You know, Brian, it's my favorite time of the week. Is it? Podcast time. I love this time. I hope you guys, (laughs) you guys listening at home love it too. Yeah. We're so excited to continue talking about the book of Romans, but you know, first let's talk about how real faith affects real life. And there's some neat stories in the news. Uh, You found a good one for us. Yeah. So, um, so we're not talking about Facebook for the first time, right? <laughs> right. That's so good. let's talk instead about Amazon. Uh, we're really branching out. We are. We are getting <laughs> one step closer to my childhood favorite cartoon, The Jetsons. I love that. Yeah. Amazon's introduced a new robot. Why don't you talk about <laughs> the robot that they're building? It's cute. If you haven't looked this thing up, <laughs> Google Amazon Astro. It's named after the dog from The Jetsons. Yeah. And, you know, from what I can tell, it'll, like, patrol your house. And it's got this cute little doggy face. Yeah. It's got, of course, cameras and sensors, which is kind of weird. <laughs> it looks really cool, right? Yeah. But uh, I don't think I want that thing following me around. I'm not sure. I'm not ready for that quite no. either. But it's supposed to patrol your house, keep you um, aware of threats if someone's breaking in or if you've left the stove on. Yeah. And you can even, like place a drink on its back and it'll take it to someone else through facial recognition That's technology. That's actually kind of cool. <laughs> Lazy, but cool. Lazy, but cool. And, you know, I I think they're working on a drone also. I think I heard that. You know, I remember reading f- a long time ago about drone delivery, Yeah, which I don't feel like ever picked up. So, Well, this is an in-your-house drone okay. that patrols your house by flying around. I think this is getting <laughs> way out of hand. I think smart technology is, uh, it might be getting a little too smart. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm ready to press pause. (laughs) But if you want your own Astro, it's going to cost you and it's a limited time thing. So not me. Not Not for me me either. You know what is for me, Brian? Look at that segue. (laughs) Tacos. I wasn't sure if you were going with Netflix or with tacos. Yeah. I titled this story Netflix for Tacos. Netflix, of course, revolutionized the movie industry by charging a flat fee to get you unlimited movies. Um, And now Taco Bell is thinking about doing the same thing for tacos. So unlimited tacos. Well, Is it like subscription service like Netflix? It's actually one taco a day. Oh, okay. Not quite as Not as exciting. Not unlimited. (laughs) Okay. But for $5 to $10, you get your taco pass, you go to Taco Bell, and you get up to, I guess, 30, 31 tacos a month. As long as you live in Tucson, Arizona. They're just testing it there. <laughs> yeah, it's Taco Central, apparently. <laughs> I'm not sure why Tucson has the corner on the market, yeah. but I think you mentioned earlier, too, in uh, just one of our conversations that there are other restaurants kind of oh, doing the yeah. same, like, subscription, you know, box subscriptions had been popular for a while, and I yeah. think restaurants are picking up on that a little bit. Yeah, I just happened to go to On the Border, one yeah. of my favorite restaurants down the road. You order queso... For $1 extra, they'll give you queso for the rest of the year. Which is a smart move. A Absolutely. year's worth of queso for $1. Of course, I have gone there a lot more often right. now that I have the free queso. Sure. I want to go there just so that I can subscribe to this thing. Right? And their queso is not even the best, no. frankly. But for a <laughs> dollar. 
Yeah, it's actually brilliant. You know, it's right. brilliant what they're doing. And we'll see if Taco Bell catches on. Yep. You know, I kind of hope it does. Because one year I had the Olive Garden um, Pasta Pass. Okay. That was in the news. How you have to, I had like my laptop, my iPad, my iPhone. Yeah. Just hitting refresh, trying to get one of those elusive <laughs> Pasta Passes. And I yeah. got one. I landed it. They mailed it to me. It was like really? this big gold card. <laughs> I course. took it to my Olive Garden. They'd never seen one before. I was like, this oh, means really? you have to give me... Did they think you made it up, though? <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you this. By the end of that month, I I don't think I've been back. <laughs> well, <laughs> That's so much pasta. <laughs> I never want to see pasta yeah. from there again. That makes sense. That, yeah. that one backfired on them. Right. I can see that. And then I've also <laughs> seen... I think this one was actually pre-pandemic, but, uh, but Panera was yeah. trying out like... Unlimited coffee, right? Trying tried, to get people in the door. I tried that too. I must have a thing for okay. like unlimited, you know, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a very, very high standards for my coffee. So I had to All let right. that subscription go. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently my standards for tacos will... Hey, Taco, <laughs> Bell. Taco Bell. It has its own thing, right? You know, Brian, so <laughs> as we transition now, I'm, I'm such the master of segues, apparently. <laughs> Uh, man, from super abundant tacos, free tacos flowing like... I see where this is going. We're going to talk about the grace of God. That's right. Free and abundant, better than tacos, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to pick that up as we continue our study in Romans in chapter 3, verse 21, right after this. All right, so we're going to dive into Romans chapter 3, and later we're going to jump into chapter 5 a little bit. So if you're just joining us, I encourage you to listen to the previous episodes, right? We've been Mm -hmm. journeying through the book of Romans, both as a church and as a podcast. So today we're going to read just a section of Romans chapter 3. Feel free to pull up your Bible app or just listen along. We're going to read verses 21 through 26. And Paul says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Right. That's a lot. There's, that's a lot in there. There's, There's a, a lot, lot there, right? Yeah. So you mentioned yesterday in your message uh, something that Martin Luther said about this paragraph. He said that this was really the center of the book of Romans and also the Bible. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah. And uh, another theologian, Dr. Leon Morris, said it's possibly the most important single paragraph ever written. Yeah. So like you said, what we read is really dense. It's tightly packed. It's like, uh, I think of a a nutrient bar. It's like got all of your essential nutrients right in one small little package there. As such, it can be really intimidating Mm -hmm. because there's so much in there. But if we're to believe Martin Luther, Leon Morris, and so many others, 
it's really, really important to spend the time understanding it and unpacking it. It's this doctrine that's so central to everything, um, central to the Protestant Reformation, central to Christianity, central to the biggest issues that we face in life. Um, but really, more than any of that, you know, it's it's central to my faith right. and what I believe and what I hope you believe as well about uh, Jesus, about the cross, about Christianity as a whole. Yeah, there are a lot of concepts in here. And I love that in the middle of this chunk is one that people really pull out quite a bit, Romans mm-hmm. 3.23. Um, but even beyond just sin and falling short, mm-hmm. there are a lot of concepts here. There's that, there's righteousness, there's justification. What else? Yeah, redemption, propitiation, um, grace, faith, forgiveness, the justice of God. It's a lot of theological terms. Yeah, and I, in my study this week and preparing for the sermon, I saw how they were all connected. Yeah. So Paul, in presenting this paragraph to us, is not just vomiting up a bunch of unrelated terms, but right. he's showing us how each are related. And I won't repeat my sermon here. Why would I do that? So I just <laughs> encourage everybody, go to cascadefellowship.org and check that out. And you'll see how justification, this being declared righteous by God, is linked to redemption. That's Christ buying us back, mm-hmm. paying that price for us, and on and on and on. It's really interesting, but again, it's it's really dense. Yeah, and it this paragraph really gets to the heart of Christianity and what makes Christianity unique from different religions. And even when you put that in the context of who Paul is writing to, I think is really important too. Yeah, I think there's a tendency today to view all religions as basically the same, right? I mean, uh, be a good person, you know, do unto others as you would have them do to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, people think all religions say the same thing, but... Christianity at its heart is totally different than all of that. Right. I like to think of it in terms of a resume. So, you know, I was uh, I tried to be a good student, you know, the 4.0 <laughs> kind of guy. And I recently went back home to my childhood home. Mom had saved everything, every trophy I'd ever gotten, and every resume I'd ever put together, too. Really? And, you know, a lot of religions, every other religion, I would say, is basically us putting together our resume, yeah, right. showing the things we've done, and then presenting it to God saying, accept me. I, I'm, I hope I'm worthy enough to be accepted. Yeah. But in Christianity, it is God actually who is righteous and who is presenting his righteousness to us mm-hmm. as a gift. So if you picture it again, to use a different picture in your mind, like every other religion is mankind or human beings trying to ascend toward heaven, to reach up toward God. And Christianity is about God himself descending, coming down to earth um, to reach out to humans. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, it's What we've just read is what makes Christianity absolutely unique. Yeah, absolutely. And there is a, a Reformed statement, mm-hmm. uh, kind of a modern Reformed statement that says that um, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Can you flesh out what that means a little bit? Yeah, so important. You know, um, Paul here is talking about grace and faith and Jesus and and how they're all interwoven. Grace basically means that this whole thing has its initiative in God. Yeah. It wasn't human beings' idea to 
to try to make ourselves right with God. Look at Paul. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul himself was not looking for God when God found him on the road to Damascus. Abraham, out in an idolatrous country worshiping other gods, you know, and God found him. So when we say it's by grace alone, it simply means God was under no obligation to do any of this, yeah. but he took the initiative and started it. Right. When we say it's by faith alone, Paul again and again in this letter is talking about how trusting in Jesus is the way we're linked up with this grace. And he uses Abraham as an example in chapter uh, four, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love this. He says that Abraham hoped against all hope. You can refer back to the early chapters of Genesis and see Abraham's situation. It wasn't very bright. <laughs> yeah. You know, his wife had been infertile. He was getting older and older, approaching 100. And God made this promise to him, you're going to have not only a child, but descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Right. And Abraham believed him and trusted that promise, even though what his eyes saw was evidence that said, no, there's no way this is going to happen. Right. But he hoped against hope. And so I love this quote by John Stott. I just have to share. Uh, John Stott said, Faith always looks at problems in light of the promises. So Abraham, he knew that God could keep his promise because of his power, and he knew that he would do it because of his faithfulness. I just love that. Faith looks at problems through the light of the promises. It's not that we turn a blind eye to reality, but it's we trust God even more than our eyes. That's really good. But if you read Abraham's story in Genesis, you see that he's not perfect. Definitely right? not. <laughs> yeah. And his, even his trust wasn't perfect. Right. Even his faith. Uh, it's really interesting to me. Paul says that, you know, Abraham had, and he's quoting Genesis, that Abraham had this faith and God credited it to him as righteousness. And I love the fact that Abraham's faith wasn't perfect. You don't have to have perfect mm-hmm. faith to be made right with God. Yeah. Abraham questioned God in Genesis 15. He lied about who his wife was out of fear. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the biggest failure, he he uh, had a child with his maidservant, uh, Hagar. So his faith wasn't perfect, and ours isn't either, frankly. Absolutely, right. Um, but as I was reading and researching this week, you know, I came across this great quote from Tim Keller. And uh, Tim Keller, one of my favorite authors, favorite pastors, theologians, mm-hmm. he just reminds us that what matters is not that our faith is perfect, but the object of our faith is perfect. We have to keep coming back time and time again to what are we trusting in? It's like, it's more important what we trust in than, than the quality of our trust. You know, I can have tremendous, well, I'll just read the quote. <laughs> I may have great unshakable faith in the ability of feathers strapped to my arms to fly me from the U.S. to the U.K., but I've put my faith in the wrong place. Equally, I may have just barely enough faith to board a transatlantic flight, trembling nervously as I do, and yet the, the object of my faith will accomplish what it promises. So it's not faith that saves. It's not even faith in God that saves. It's faith in Jesus Christ that saves. And I would add to that, it's, it's actually grace that saves. It's God right. who saves. And it's through our faith, no matter how weak and imperfect, it's through that faith that he saves us. Yeah, but I will add too that in conversations I've had with people, a lot of people characterize this as cheap grace. Mm-hmm. God does all the work. 
we don't have to do anything. Yeah, that's it's common to hear, and there's a, a grain of truth in that. In that, salvation really is by grace alone through right. faith alone. There's nothing that we do to be saved. Yeah, and yet salvation does change a person, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we're headed into this study next. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people may have grown up in a church or, or heard, you know, you walk down the aisle, you say the sinner's prayer, you sign a card or whatever it is you do, and then you're in. And you can right. live the rest of your life the, however you want to. <laughs> yeah. You got your get out of hell free card whenever you die. Yeah. But the picture the Bible gives us is much different than that. It's not cheap grace. It was costly to Jesus, number one, yep. but it also changes you. God's spirit comes to live inside of you and you're given this desire and this mission and this purpose and these new attitudes. And so, you know, as we wrap up today's podcast, just wanted to talk about a few of those attitudes. One of them is found right in chapter three, mm-hmm. Romans three twenty seven. Paul says, where then is boasting? It's excluded. Right. So one of the very first implications of being saved by grace alone is that you bring nothing to the table. You have no merit of your own you're not going to be a prideful person. You're not going to be a boastful person. In fact, if you see a Christian who is just so prideful, full of themselves, you might ask the question like, are they really like, do they understand this? Or are they in the right religion? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and it just occurs to me, Christianity at its core is the foundation for beautiful humility. Mm-hmm. You know, insecure people, they're the ones that feel the need to boast all the time. And secure people have this quiet confidence. And Christianity offers the supreme security of all. You know, if God started this, he is going to finish it, Paul also says right here in these verses. Yeah. And that's a good bridge to chapter 5. So let's read the first part of that chapter. Okay. Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrate his love, his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, But we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. It's another big set of important concepts. Yeah, Paul loves logic, and I love logic too, so I love Paul. But I realize a lot of people are like, man, this is just a lot. Right. There's a lot happening there, absolutely. (laughs) Paul also loves a good run-on sentence. and so (laughs) That's true. uh, We didn't even read the second half of chapter 5, but the second half of chapter 5 is one gigantic run-on sentence. Yep where Paul starts a concept in verse 12 and doesn't finish it until the very end of the chapter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's pick this apart, the verses we did just read, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, the first important concept in that very first verse was peace. Yeah. And I love that. Since we've been justified through faith, we have peace. And everybody in the world, it seems like, is looking for peace. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm no exception, you know. Right. Yoga and meditation apps and essential oils. And we're all so stressed out. We're all just, you know, we're looking for peace. Yeah. And this verse says God objectively provides that to us. Not just subjectively, not just the feeling of peace, but real peace. And peace is the opposite of war. So the reality is, as sinners, we were at war with God. Romans chapter 1, we exchanged God. He was due our glory, our thanks, our praise. We exchanged him for something else. We were at war with him. And he Mm -hmm. is at war with us because our sin had to be punished. Yeah, But because of Jesus... Objective peace comes into that objective state of conflict and hostility. And, of course, I think objective peace is the best foundation there is for subjective peace, for feeling at peace. And uh, it's just, it's amazing. Paul even says in the next verse that, you know, we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So there's peace for you right there. It's being able to stand in this state of grace, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could have preached on this verse this week. There's only so much you can say on stage. So I didn't even get to chapter five at all. But this verse will preach, man. It's like, as Christians, we stand in grace. No matter where you are, you're in Michigan, good news. You're standing in grace. You're in West Virginia, fine. You're standing in grace. You're in the doctor's <laughs> office waiting your test result. You're standing in grace. You're in the un- unemployment line. You're standing in grace. It's really awesome that God brings his peace to wherever we are. And we can stand in that grace. It's not something that comes and goes precariously, sporadically, but day after day we have access to this this profound, real peace. Right. And Paul even says, in suffering, yeah. we still have it. Yeah, the highs and lows in life, they, they come and they go, but this grace stays the same. Yeah. And these verses even teach that God uses suffering for our good, that it's hard to say when you're in the midst of it, but a lot of us looking back in our lives, we can see how we're better people because of what we've been through. And so you might, again, to give you a picture in your mind's eye, you might picture a muscle getting stronger because of resistance training. Mm-hmm. You might picture an anchor that keeps a boat uh, steady. And hope is our anchor right. that keeps us steady in this world. Or one final imagery, because why not? I'll, I'll just be like Paul and throw out a bunch. Um, a, a metalsmith who purifies metal by putting it through the fire. Hmm. So as Christians in life, we know that when we go through hard times, it's not God punishing us, because God has punished our sin on Jesus in our place. He's not going to punish the same sin twice. When we go through hard times in life, it is God working for our good, actually. So that's a great source of peace as well. And the hope that we have will not disappoint us, because at the end of the day, we know the end of the story, right? Yeah, that's that's the amazing thing. Verses 9 and 10, since, I love this, since we've been justified by his blood, so in other words, we've been declared righteous already, we've been declared not guilty in the court yeah. of God, that's happened, that's in the past, that's said and done, since God has done that for us, how much more will we be saved from God's wrath through him? Kind of a future tense here. So at the judgment seat, on judgment day, when we come before God, Mm -hmm. he's already done the hard part. When we were his enemies, you know, he died for us. He declared us not guilty already. 
we have this hope that won't disappoint because God has done the hard part literally yeah. already. And Paul says that explicitly. If while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, will be saved through his life? Yeah. So God loved us when we were his enemies. He declared us not guilty. Uh, how much more will he love us actively every single day now that we're his children? Mm-hmm. And um, that's a hope that we have for the present and a hope that we have for the future. Uh, just changes your life, brings joy into every day, brings peace into every day. Um, it's a new way of living, which is a great preview of where we're going next <laughs> in our study in chapter six. That's right. So next week, uh, we're going to talk more about the implications of salvation as we look at Romans six. Yeah. Faith alone saves us. Yeah. But true faith is never alone. Right. We're going to unpack that next week. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Share this with your friends. Leave a rating if you like it. Don't leave a rating if you don't like it. You know, send us an email. (laughs) Yeah, we look forward to seeing you next week. All right, take care, everybody. See you soon.